You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 245 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, man. Happy Easter, everyone. Absolutely. Happy Easter to everybody out there. You know, if you are celebrating, yes. Uh, not talking about April Fool's today, because we, uh, we are aware that that is also today. But yeah, happy Easter to everybody. Um, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? Doing good. Uh, happy Easter, everybody, again. Uh, hopefully you guys are having a chill, calm, and a fun Easter weekend. I know everybody's preparing up for PAX East this week because I'm heading out there later in the week. Absolutely. That's going to be a very fun time, very good trip, and hopefully the weather will hold up while you're out there because uh, I know that the, the uh, East Coast has been getting hit with all types of snowstorms. So we'll see. Uh, we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Happy April Fools, everyone! <laughs> there you go. Whoa, whoa! What's up with this camera? Oh, it it refocused. All right, yeah, that's okay. So that's what happened, you know, with the joke. I guess the camera was playing a joke on me that time. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, once again, uh, happy Easter or April Fool's Day to everybody. Uh, you know, today is not going to be too long of a show because, you know, some of us do have family coming into town, so we won't be able to really do too much. But we definitely wanted to record a show because there is some stuff we have to talk about. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, Mr. Lugo, how about you go first and let us know what you've been playing? So I've been playing one main thing that I can only talk very lightly about uh because again uh, i'm doing a review for it and i'm actually seeing it at pax uh, i'm actually playing super daryl deluxe right now uh, i'm playing it for review for the coalition uh that'll probably be uh posted up or published on the website after pax east because that's my big focus right now i'm preparing to go up to pax east this thursday i'll be there for the entire show already got a bunch of exclusive stuff lined up that i'm going to be checking out and uh, posting up probably after I get back, which is some pretty fun stuff. Some interesting interviews I got lined up, as well as also some, uh, what is it, some coverage of, like, you know, previews of games I'm going to be seeing out there. But really, that's the main game I've been playing as far as, like, important new games. Uh, I actually also posted up a review of, uh, what is it, uh, Assault Gunners HD Edition uh, as of yesterday, just before Easter. Uh, that game is not very good. Uh, it's a re-release of a PS Vita game that was released in Japan back in 2012. And it had a bunch of DLC and stuff, so it was probably a hit over in Japan. But on the PlayStation 4, again, it just doesn't look all that great. It doesn't have a lot of good stuff going for it. And uh, again, I really get into detail about it in the review that I posted, which you can check out right now on the website. So after you're listening to this uh, co-op podcast, definitely go look that up. It's right on there on the front page. But uh, that's really what I've been playing for the most part. Again, I'm just preparing for PAX. Looking forward to seeing everybody who's going to be up there in Boston for the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I uh, wish that I was able to attend this year, but I mean, I did attend GDC uh, the previous week and 
I still do have quite a bit of things to say about GDC, and I will still be having a show. So that will be sometime this week because I didn't have the time I thought I was going to have last week. But uh, stay tuned for that. And we'll be definitely looking forward to your PAX East uh, coverage. So, yeah. Uh, how about you, Dana? What have you been playing? Oh, sorry. Um, whenever I have time, I've been playing a little bit of gravel. Um, that's always a fun game. You know, just taking it easy. Uh, just like racing and, and, you know, it's, it's, I explained it before. It's very simple. It's a basic racing game, but it still manages to be extremely fun. So I've been doing that and it's a good way to like relieve a lot of stress. Sounds good. Absolutely. So, uh, how about you, Gary? What have you been playing? Yeah, so uh, this week, Square Enix actually sent me Kingdom Hearts 3, so I've just been playing that. Um, nah, April Fool's, everyone, I got you. Um, yeah, so this week I've actually been playing some Monster Hunter World. Um, I actually bought that. I, I decided to finally buy that game because I have a few friends that want to play it um, on PS4. So I actually played through like the tutorial part of that yesterday because you know I didn't have that much time but i managed to get through the tutorial a little bit um and i also played some overwatch and grand theft auto 5 and also um i started playing final fantasy 12 on the pc and that game looks stunning on the pc like it's it looks even better than on the ps4 i think like it looks super clean graphically um the visuals are like incredible in that game i forgot how good it looks honestly um obviously it's still a ps2 game so you know you've got um like the 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 character models aren't as developed as they are now and everything but the game looks stunning on pc in my opinion um and it might actually be the best way to play that game um so yeah i i uh i was playing that for a little bit uh the only thing is because i already played the ps4 one uh briefly last year I had to like the the first phase of that game is like it's gonna it's like three hours three to four hours so I had to play through like that whole part again um I skipped all of the cutscenes to make it quicker um but yeah just having to go through all of that you know first tutorial phase of the game again was a bit annoying but now I'm at the point where I can actually start to play the game again from where I remember it so um yeah that that game is uh definitely a good one I, I like being able to buy all of the final fantasy games on pc as well just because it's like a whole collection that will you know never stop working because with the consoles you can obviously collect the games on console but then when the hardware changes you can't always carry over the game um but on pc you're able to do that so i like having the ball on pc and i need to get 15 next to be honest so yeah, um, but that's pretty much it this week. That sounds good. So first and foremost, uh, I want to congratulate you, Gary. Uh, usually when we record this show, every time you're talking about Overwatch, this is the only game you played. So I'm quite impressed that you've got a chance to play a lot of other games. So congrats. Congrats. Yeah, I was I'm, shocked. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to expand my horizons a little bit. Yeah. So proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's good. That's good. 
So uh, as for what I've been playing, uh, there really is only one game that I've been playing uh, pretty much this whole week. Um, and it's a game that I actually reviewed on Friday. The review is on the website right now. Of course, I'm talking about Far Cry 5. Um, now, I want to give a shout out to the throwdown because I did talk about this a little bit on Thursday night. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really fun game. Um, I know a lot of people wanted to address and talk about the controversy of the game. They, they don't like the fact that there are a lot of different serious themes and topics that are hinted at in the game, but they don't really take it as far as uh, some people want it. So a lot of people have been talking about it on their websites. Um, honestly, a- as I mentioned before, you know, when I went into this game, uh, I was just looking for an open world uh, action adventure type of game. I mean, I played the other Far Cry games. So if you played any of the other Far Cry games, this is pretty much on par with that. Uh, the antagonist in the game, which is the Seed family, very remis- reminiscent of Vaz from Far Cry 3. And I actually think that's the best thing about the story. Now, the story is not great by any stretch of the imagination. It has its ups and downs. But the antagonists keep the story going. And the fact that you have to take them all down uh, at different times, um, it just makes it a much more compelling uh, uh, game overall. There's, of course, a lot to do, whether you're... Um, you know, you want to fly, pl- fly, fly, fly planes, drive, uh, use a boat. I mean, you can do a lot of different things in that game. And then the fact that they have the uh, the guns for hire, which basically is the different characters that you can unlock and then put on your your squad, which will accompany you on missions. Again, that's awesome. Uh, a few of the issues I had with the game, you know, the co op thing is great because you can play with somebody else. But the problem with that is. Uh, if you are the one that is hosting the session, then all the progress that is made when you go through the story, it will only count for you. It will not count for your partner. Uh, and that's something that I know some people are a little annoyed about. Uh, the glitches are pretty bad in the game. Stuff does happen. Um, I had an instance where I was playing a story mission and it was something where I needed a character to, you know, jump in the car with me to show me where to go. And they just stood there you know the character comes up and just stands there and doesn't move for about you know five or ten minutes now when i restarted it then everything was fine everything worked as as it needs to but obviously one thing that ubisoft was very clear about it when they released this game you know there hasn't really been a day one patch yet there hasn't been any patches so any technical issues with the game are going to be that way until they decide to patch that stuff so with that said, though, still, you know, as I said in my review, even though it has a few technical hiccups here and there, it didn't hinder my overall experience. And once again, as I mentioned, the story, not quite as great as you would expect, uh, quite disappointing for some, and it doesn't push the bar as far as it needs to, if you ask certain people. But again, I came into this game just expecting a fun game, and it is that. You know, if you like the Far Cry series, uh, you definitely should check this game out. And, of course, you can check out my review, and then you'll get more of my thoughts as to what I think about the game in terms of gameplay, everything uh, of the sorts. But uh, that's pretty much all I got a chance to play. I did want to play Batman The Evil Within because I am aware that the final episode came out uh, this past week, but I have not had the opportunity to do that. So maybe I'll be able to talk about that a little bit more next week. But um, 
yeah, that pretty much is what I've been playing for the weekend. Essentially, that concludes what we have all been playing for the week. Uh, so we're going to go in and we're going to jump right into uh, the topics for this week. First and foremost, um, one game, there was some news that came out this week that was pretty interesting. A game that uh, we heard about that was first released in 2016 on PC and PlayStation 4 that uh, is now finally coming to the Xbox One this summer. Of course, I'm talking about No Man's Sky, uh, a game by uh, the company, UK-based company, Hello Games. Uh, you know, they did make an announcement this past week that uh, No Man's Sky is actually getting a free update called No Man's Sky's Next. And with that announcement came the news that the game is finally coming to the Xbox One. So I wanted to get you guys' opinions on what your thoughts are about No Man's Sky coming to the Xbox One, and do you think that this is this is a good thing? That you think do you think that Hello Games will be able to repair their image after what happened when they launched this game initially on PlayStation Four and PC? So, Gary, how about you share your thoughts first? Because I know you're a huge No Man's Sky fan. Nah, um, yeah, like. See, we're, we're, I remember when that game came out on the PS4 and I spent, you know, hours playing it the very first time and it seemed like it was very promising, like it had a lot of potential, but then it started to get super repetitive and it was just the same thing over and over again. And then that's when, you know, I figured I was very disappointed with it. But since then, they've continued to update the game and um, it does have somewhat of a fan base that have gone back to play the updated version of the game um but obviously because they took so long to actually finalize the game that they first pitched um a lot of people stopped caring you know like after if you didn't get it right the first time people aren't going to stick around for the long haul and wait for you to finish the game that you promised them already so a lot of people you know kind of dropped off and uh, they didn't pay attention to the updates that they were putting out for the game and everything. But we, we did start to hear that, you know, the game was more complete. It was more whole. But, you know, because it was so far along in the game's release, we just didn't care enough to go back to it. So with that in mind, I think this is the smartest thing they could have done to just say, look, now No Man's Sky is coming out on the Xbox and it's going to be you know, the complete package or whatever, and it's going to have additional content. I think that's probably the best thing they could have done to get eyeballs back on the game again, because now you're going to, you're going to expose the game to a whole new user base and it could really take off from there, especially because there's not really that much on the Xbox at the moment anyway, you know? So I think this is actually a good move from them, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I also agree with that uh, sentiment. Uh, when they first announced this game, uh, I instantly thought to myself, "Where? When is the? When is it coming to Xbox One?" Because I know that a lot of people were looking forward to the game. This was before they knew all the, the issues that it was going to have at launch. So I, I think it is good that they are going to be able to finally release it on Xbox One. Uh, they didn't really elaborate on what this new massive update is that's going to be coming to the game, uh, which I find interesting. But uh, the fact that it's coming to Xbox One, it is good, for, I think, for them. 
it will be able to put it out on another console and it will have all of the content that uh was on the playstation 4 version including the new content so i think it's good but uh i just hope that with this whole with this new update that they have learned the lesson of doing a better job of communicating this stuff to their fans uh and do not try to make promises that you cannot deliver on in terms of adding different features so hopefully they learn from this whole process and you know everybody gets a better game as a result but uh only time will tell um but we'll see uh how about you mr lugo any thoughts on no man's sky coming to the xbox one i think it's a little bit too far too late i mean the people that really cared about no man's sky back then they're probably going to enjoy this and that's cool i mean at this point in time right now I feel like there's many more interesting and much more exciting games coming out or have already come out that deserve our attention and especially deserve my attention at the moment. I know when I played No Man's Sky and I played it a little bit later than everybody else to get away from the noise from what was going on at the time, uh, I didn't enjoy it. And even though it had a bunch of more content and updates and all this other stuff that was uh, added on to it later on, it just didn't have that spark for me. It didn't have anything to really kind of hold my attention as far as being interesting and something that I really wanted to invest a lot of time in. I felt like the the barrier for it was that it required a lot of time to get to much more uh, gratifying stuff that I just didn't want to invest in. That That's the biggest problem. And I don't feel like bringing it to the Xbox One is really going to remedy that, even though I know there's still going to be a crowd of people that still roll with this game pretty hard. So... For the common person or for people like me, I don't think it's going to do much, but uh, it'll probably appease some of those people that have already been down with No Man's Sky for a while. Very fair and very, very, a very, very good point overall. Yes. So how about you, Dana? Are you looking forward to uh, No Man's Sky on the Xbox One? Eh. See, here's the thing, and I kind of agree with what was previously said. It's a little bit too late for those people who are very excited for No Man's Sky and has been with it since day one and is happy with, you know, the repetitive nature of it and however it is. Good for them. But a majority of people, I don't think is going to be that interested. And I really feel that they missed that opportunity of getting that larger audience by waiting so long and having there's so many, you know, problems with the game. If they would have released it, you know, a little bit closer to when it was originally released on the other platforms, then there wouldn't be any issues, but they had an opportunity and they missed it. So good for those who've been with the game and is excited for it, but I don't really feel anything at all. Well, Hey, I, I, I totally respect that opinion. So, so Gary, it looks like uh, you have been downvoted because uh, the majority, more than half of, the people on this particular show are not looking forward to the game. So uh, I know, like, Gary, I mean, are, are you planning on uh, picking up the game when you finally get an Xbox One or uh, or, or, or nah? Nah, I mean, it, oh, wait, it's already on PC. Um, well, I don't know if I'd ever try the game again. Maybe, I don't know. If, if uh, it gets a good reception when it comes out on the Xbox, perhaps I'd try the PC version just to see if it's gotten any better. But it would have to be cheap because you know um, they already let us down once, so it's it's gonna have to be a discount the second time. Um, but yeah, I, I do think I just think I just feel like this move will breathe fresh life into it because I did hear from the loyalists who stuck with the game that it actually did get better, but it's just the fact that nobody cared about it because it they took their time with it. So I think this has the potential to breathe a lot of new life into the game and. 
we might actually see it, you know, become popular again. Well, hopefully for their sake, you know, I, yeah, I, I want to see Hello Games succeed, but uh, maybe they need to start working on whatever the next project is that they have. But uh, hey, hopefully uh, they still can they make could. some money off of this. They could, always, they could always go back to Joe Danger, make Joe Danger yep. 3 or something. I, I mean, I really enjoy Joe Danger. So, I, I mean, I, did, I do commend them for trying to do something new, but uh, they really should have thought a lot of this stuff through in terms of the, you know, the updates and what are you actually trying to do with this game. But they didn't think about any of that. So it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, if they go back to Joe Danger, I'm all for that because I enjoyed that series. So we'll see. But uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? All right. So let's uh, dive into the next topic. This is actually something that uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Gary and JJ will have a lot to say on because they are fans of the series. Uh, You know, Square Enix finally announced this past week that Dragon Quest... I believe this is 10, right? It's Dragon Quest 10? No, it Dragon nine? Quest 11. Dragon Quest 11. Ah, uh, okay, 11. Okay, Dragon Quest 11 is finally coming to the West uh, officially on September 4th. So uh, I wanted to get you guys' opinions on this. I mean, I know that it's already been out in Japan, but now it's finally coming over here. And I know a lot of people I have spoken to are looking forward to the game. Uh, so how about you start us off, JJ, and let us know what your thoughts on the game finally coming to the west i think it's cool i think it's fine and the trailer that we got it doesn't really show gameplay itself but it shows you know the opening cinematic and how it's gonna look on the playstation 4 and it looks pretty good and what you would expect or at least you know on some sort of par level for what a dragon quest a modern day dragon quest would look like here on playstation 4 so i think that's pretty cool um i think also at one point it's also supposed to come to the switch if i'm not mistaken i know that the trailer i saw said that it was coming to playstation 4 but i think it's also coming to the nintendo switch if i'm not mistaken let us know in the comments you know if you guys can it, 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 is. it, it is but not 3ds oh, okay so yeah so it's coming to switch and playstation 4 so that's pretty cool so i mean again this is dope and people that have played dragon quest uh know that series has a really hardcore following uh, it has a lot of stuff that's different about it than some of the other stuff that goes on over at Square, including, you know, Final Fantasy and some of their other RPGs. Dragon Quest has always had this specific identity in the way that it actually uh, approaches some of the design to JRPGs, you know, difficulty, as well as also the types of stories that it tells. Uh, a lot of people now have, don't really have the context for what a real Dragon Quest game might be because we've had things like Dragon Quest Heroes come out. We've had a lot of other spinoff titles come out uh, on the modern day consoles. I believe also on PlayStation 4 and even I think on PlayStation 3. I think the last Dragon Quest Heroes game was on. It was on both, if I'm not mistaken. But the point is, this is pretty cool and it's going to be a nice supplemental and a nice alternative to some of the other JRPGs that we've been getting. Again, we're getting a lot of great RPGs over the last year or so. So it's great to see that Dragon Quest, which is a huge, huge franchise to a lot of people, is also making the jump now to, to provide us a brand new entry, a numbered entry nonetheless. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited. And fun fact, I'm going to be seeing it at PAX East when I go this week. So, I mean, I'm hoping to see some really cool stuff from it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I didn't think about it, but yeah, it probably will be at PAX. So yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Uh, also, you know, that Switch release... Uh, 
I think that's coming a little bit later. I mean, it won't be out the same time as PS4, but it will be out sometime this year. So yeah, that's a bonus definitely for Nintendo for Nintendo Switch owners. So definitely should be looking forward to that. Okay, how about you, Gary? Because uh, again, this is a, a series that I believe you also were interested in. So what do you think about it finally having a release date? Yeah, um, big fan of that. I can't wait to to finally play it because. Um, I've never actually like played a Dragon Quest game, but I've always heard that, you know, Japan used to shut down when a new Dragon Quest game released. So since hearing that, I've been kind of intrigued to finally play one, especially because, you know, I, I love RPGs and I'm a big Final Fantasy fan as well. So I, I definitely want to get into the series a little bit and understand what it actually is and what the appeal is of the game. So I'm happy that I'll finally have that chance to do so. And um, I'm looking, I hope that JJ will hit me with the DMs at PAX to, to let me know how it is when he sees it. But yeah, great. I got you. <laughs> I got you once I see it. I was trying to say it before about the mute and stuff. But yeah, I got you once once I see it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Dana. So how about you? Uh, would you consider uh, checking out this game when it comes out later this year? Eventually, yes, if, if they're able to, 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 to do it right, then yeah. Um, I think that I'm really happy that they announced that um, for the Switch version that they are taking their time and they said in no shape or form, basically, that it's coming out this year or next year. They said it's a very long ways to go. So I appreciate them for saying that and not, you know, dropping a release date that they know they can't make. Um, I am I'm pretty happy for it um the pc version and the, and the ps4 version you know that that should be really interesting as well but i'm, I'm kind of you know not upset but it's kind of funny that they just completely ignored the 3ds uh version so we'll see what happens but i think it's, it's a good thing yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a great thing for them to have it on Switch. I, I know when I went to GDC, you know, there's a lot of indie games being made right now, and I was very surprised to hear that a lot of those games are also now going to be on Switch. Another game I do recall mentioning, uh, you know, um, the Banner Saga, uh, all three games are going to be on Nintendo Switch also. So, yeah, it, it's great anytime I hear games coming to the Switch because it's a very popular, very fun, very good console. So that's great. Uh, as for uh, the September release date and whether or not I'm excited for this game, you know, again, I also haven't played any games in the series. I will check it out. But see, the only problem is I know of one other game coming out in September that I definitely am going to want to jump on. And of course, that's the Tomb Raider game. So we'll see. You know, I'm pretty sure there will be other games getting announced at E3 that will also be out in September. But um I definitely will check it out at some point in time, but just like with you, Dana, and it will not be right away. You know, whenever I get the time to check it out, I will though. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah. Any final thoughts before we move on to our next topic? All right. So Dana, I'm actually going to pass the mic over to you now for some, uh, entertainment news. And, and I actually do have a couple of things to say as well. Uh, once you get into some of these topics, but uh, feel free to take us away with uh, what's what happened this week in entertainment. And you're muted. 
I am muted. I had a whole monologue and everything. Um, <laughs> that was embarrassing. Um, I just saw a quiet, well, I didn't just see it, but I seen it a little bit ago. Um, a quiet place. And I have to say that it is one of my favorite movies of 2018 so far. For those who don't know, it stars John Krasinski, of course, from The Office and Emily Blunt. And it's about this family who lives in a, an apocalyptic world where it takes place in a very small town and there are monsters that are hunting them, that they are being hunted by sound. So it is a modern day silent movie. And the way that it is presented, yes, it seems like it's a gimmick. It's not at all. The, the way that they did it was so smart and so creative that it really is about building that tension. And as an audience member, you just feel every single emotion that the actors are going through. And every single scene is just heightened because of the lack of sound and the sound that you do hear, like say something really small, like the flickering of a light switch or a fireplace burning, you know, that little small things like that can help build up a scene so much. So Great movie. I know you're going to see it later next week or this week, um, Richard. So that's going to be exciting for you. Also, um, Ready Player One, which I know Richard is so excited about. He just saw. I was meh. I thought it was really great if you liked video games and you grew up in the 80s and you, you know, was admired everything from the 80s, from the video games to the film. But I thought it was a little bit too heavy-handed in pop culture. I felt that it didn't have its own identity. And as re- as a result of that, it wasn't the best movie that it could be. Which is kind of weird because you had Steven Spielberg's... Steven Spielberg, who is basically an 80s icon. And he created all these movies that we love. And for him to tackle this and tackle basically also his own movies. That it really felt... It felt short. It felt really short. And... That was weird coming from this icon. So for me, I know I didn't really love it that much. I thought some of the characters, the main character itself wasn't really that interesting compared to the other characters, which I think is odd to have. Um, but I didn't, I thought it was great for what it was, but it was not something that was like made me really excited. And I can't stop thinking about the, the quiet place to me is one of the movies that I can't stop thinking about. But I know that. Uh, Richard saw it and he was so in love with it. Oh no, I got I got something to say about that. Um, so let me just make this comment real quick. I, I don't want to interrupt your uh, you know everything that you're talking about. Yes, I am looking forward to seeing Quiet Place this week. I'll probably have something to say on that next week. Um, mm-hmm. And I do trust that the movie is as good as everything that you said because I've heard nothing but high praise for the film. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, as for Ready Player One. I know Gary is a huge uh, fan of the book. You know, he said that that is the movie he is looking forward to seeing most all year, even including Infinity War. So I think something's wrong with Gary. No way. (laughs) (laughs) But but I will say this. The the movie, as I said before, the movie I thought was was good. I I don't think it was an amazing film. Uh, The one issue I have with the film is that, you know, once the main character actually meets the female character... I was expecting the female to look absolutely ugly, and she's still attractive. So I'm like, come on, man. You got to make the character. She said in the movie, you know, I'm nothing like how I look. 
okay, that's fine. Then we see her, this pretty attractive woman. So I was a little disappointed with that. But outside of that, it, I thought it was just okay. You know, it's a happy ending for everybody. You know, I wanted to see some uh, more drama happen, you know, that uh, wasn't necessarily a happy ending. But uh, again, it had to be a happy ending. This is a movie. So I guess it is what it is. But I thought the movie was all right. Off from the book, which was to me was so incredibly bland and you know very repetitive. I thought that they did a decent job in that aspect. But I was just there for Chucky. Oh yeah, like, the tr- they, yeah, yeah. The the appearances uh, of uh, some of the uh, people in there was was great. The Chucky one, I was a surprise to me. You know, even though I know you said that they showed that footage uh, earlier. Eighties, eighties, anything eighties. So Chucky for me is nothing but the eighties. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that 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 was great. So, yeah, I grew up in the '80s, so I enjoyed it from that aspect. But uh, it, it, I, it was not a perfect film, but it was, a, like I said, a, a enjoyable, good, fun time. That is is what I uh, what I came away with. But uh, yeah, uh, and, and and I will also say I'll, I'll throw this in there since you also mentioned a movie news. I did see Isle of Dogs yesterday. Uh, we had a conversation. We had a conversation about that because there was some things about that movie that I didn't know until after I saw the movie. Um, and Rumble. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. I like the design of the characters. I like the voice acting from some of the people that were in it. But outside of that, uh, that's all I have to say about the film. It, it had other issues with it, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, some other things I know, now know about Wes Anderson that I didn't know about before. Uh, not really the best place to talk about that type of stuff on this show, but uh, listen, uh, the movie is, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's a Wes we'll Anderson movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do like the, I mean, initially it gave me a lot of ideas for some other things, but like I said, we'll talk about that in the future. But, uh, Overall, in terms of all three movies, though, yeah, I'm looking forward to A Quiet Place. And Ready Player One wasn't horrible. But again, I didn't read the book, so I have nothing to compare that to. But I thought it was okay for, for what it's worth. But um, yeah, that's wait, all I would have. Well, go ahead. How long is Tracer in it? Uh, I, I, she's not in it. I mean, she makes appearances. You see her among the crowd. They don't do anything to make her stand out, in my opinion. That's uh, how most of the references are, from my understanding, right? Like they did that also with the Gundam, and I think there's like a couple other things here and there. Well, well, the the Gundam thing does stand out because the, the character, you know, one of the characters transforms into him, and he actually fights the uh, the boss for a little while, one of the, the the big bad guys. And of course, you know, he does he he loses, but that, that I guess that did stand out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, none of the other stuff really stood out that much the chucky thing to me stood out because i'm like it was so random to me and i know is this 80 stuff in the movie but when i saw it i was like I-, I couldn't help but laugh when i saw that i'm like wow and then i heard the reaction of the person getting attacked oh it's chucky i thought that was funny but uh yeah it's 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 it's, it's an okay movie it's i mean I-, I think i've seen a lot of movies that have been far worse than that movie but uh again i, I can't really compare it to the book because i haven't read the book so, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it not being, you know, much like the book because the book to me sucked. <laughs> but it just made me really excited for Wreck It Ralph 2 because I know that they are going to do it better with all yeah. of the video game characters and references. So, in that weird way. So, I was excited that it made me excited for Wreck It Ralph. 
Absolutely. But Absolutely. yeah, um, like yeah. usually I don't say that um the the movie's better than the book, but I think in this case it's it's the type of book where it could really be true. Where I, I think the movie will be better than the book. Yeah. Well, w- once you see the movie, you'll have to let us know uh, whether or not you you think yeah. the movie was better. <laughs> yeah, because you made me read that off the book, so you have to let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, apparently people are very excited for Ready Player One it's already grossed uh, $53 million over the four day weekend so congrats to them and there's also a sequel on the way yay yeah he's writing a second book and they're gonna be they're in talks to adapt the second book oh wow okay I didn't hear that news so that's interesting yeah. that's the news no one will yeah. Money does talk, and you know Spielberg. At the end of the day, is Spielberg. So <laughs> good for him. Ugh. Amazon Studio is developing a League of Their Own series. Remember that movie from from the good old days. Um, anyway, the TV series will be have more of a modern day adaptation to the story than the 1992 Penny Marshall film that starred Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Lori Patty, John Lovitz. David um, Strathairn and a whole bunch of other people. Um, none of the original cast is going to be in it, thankfully. But the TV show will be a half an hour comedy infused with warm humor and the DNA of the classic film, if that makes any sense to you at all. Um, it is going to take a temporary spin on the stories of women surrounding the all-American girls professional baseball league. The show will begin with the formation of the league in 1943 and follows the Rock for Peaches seasons to season as they struggle to keep the team alive through closed games, injuries, late-night brawls, sexual awakenings, and other storylines that they plan on adding. There is no release date, but they are. Then there's no cast yet, but they did announce it. Um, Pixar's short animated Bow will be debuting in front of The Incredibles 2 on June 15th. Uh, the seven and a half minute short is about a Chinese Canadian woman who suffers from depression of an empty nest, who gets second shot at motherhood when one of her handmade dumplings come to life. The story is written by Domi Shi, who will be the first female to direct a Pixar short in its entire history. The title Bao carries a double meaning, meaning that it is two meanings, basically in Chinese. One of it is that it's a steam bun. The second meaning is that it's a precious treasure. So that's sweet. And they release like the photos online and it's really adorable. Steven Spielberg has confirmed that Colin Trevorrow, who directed the 2015 smash hit Jurassic World, will return for Jurassic World 3. Um, J.A. Boa directed the second installment, which is coming June 22nd, 2018. The Trevorrow, who was scheduled to direct Star Wars Episode uh, 9. However, he was let go from the project last year, who's going to be replaced by J.J. Abrams, which now gives him time to direct Jurassic World 3. And that is going to open on June 11th, 2021. So if we're still alive, we're getting that movie. Uh, the upcoming and as yet untitled Sharknado 6. Remember the sci-fi franchise that we saw come up with the Sharknado movies. It's going to be the final chapter. So 
Rest in Peace Sharknado. The final chapter was greenlit by um, Side Network. And it will feature time travel in Shadow 6. Ian Ziering has to travel in time to stop the first Sharknado. And also returning to the cast is Tara Reid um, and Vivica A. Fox, along with a whole bunch of cameos that they have every year. And last but least, I know Richard is very excited for this news. It is official. John Cena will play the lead in the upcoming Duke Nukem film. I know you were so excited. And hilariously, when I was at the press, um, the press junket for A Quiet Place, it's produced by Andrew Foreman, Brad Miller. Andrew Foreman, Brad Miller is also the producers for the Duke, the, um, the Duke Nukem movie. So he was upsided and he gave an update. And he is saying they don't have a script, but they know that John Cena is involved and they are very excited for John Cena. And they're, 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 they're excited to run any ideas that they have past him. So he's going to have, you know, some involvement of creating this character. And they do feel that if he doesn't like the script, John Cena, if he doesn't like the script, that he can always pull out of the out of the movie, which is not really something you want to say, but okay. But right now, John Cena is the official guy. So they're going with John Cena. But if John Cena says, oh, heck no, they are allowing him to pull out. So they, they also cast John Cena because they liked his sense of humor. So, yay. Wait a second, Gary's gonna about to say something. Go ahead, Gary. Oh no, I said uh is it sponsored by Fruity Pebbles? <laughs> uh, like five years so old with that promo. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm behind on everything. <laughs> I mean I mean I'm I am i am I'm not I'm not I'm not uh don't listen to what Dana said. I am not excited for that film, but I, I will say that, you know, John Cena kind of looks like that that character, so that that could be interesting. But we'll we'll see how it turns out. You were watching. Um, I see. I'm the only one who's like, I I just have. To remember, if you ever, watched, John Cena's hair has been going through this weird transformation. Yeah. Where he had that weird male Paul bat bump, the, the the balding thing, and then recently you look and you see like he's been growing hair in the back magically. So he's kind of getting that whole Duke Nukem styling going. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I have noticed that. So I think it'd be very interesting to see what he does with the role, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. Um, I think it's fun they're allowing him to pull out if he doesn't like the script. Oh yeah, but I'm pretty sure you know he wants to get away from wrestling, so uh, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll make it work. He, and and judging by the fact that they want him involved, I'm sure he may have some creative direction with the project as well. So because he will have that extra leverage, he may actually want to stay on and make it better. So, but we'll see, we'll see. I hope his acting's improved because I remember seeing the Marine and uh, I was not impressed at all. So. <laughs> He's okay. Like if you have to watch Cockblockers, he was alright in that. Yeah, that's the movie coming out on Friday over here. So I'm so behind or ahead. 
So uh, does this mean that next week we're going to see um, the the American Badass versus Duke Nukem at WrestleMania? Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, yeah, you'll definitely see that. You know, obviously. <laughs> uh, Side performing. Yeah, yeah, you'll 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 definitely see something of that. You know, but you know, we're we're, we're going to save that particular discussion for Friday Night WrestleCast. You know, because. Uh, yeah, that's a t- different podcast. Yeah, yeah. Make, sure, make sure you tune in, everyone. It's going to be lit. Yeah, make sure you definitely tune in. It's going to be a very fun, uh, entertaining show Friday night. So, uh, all so 20 yeah. hours. No, no, that definitely won't be 20 hours. You know, that'll, that'll be saved for Sunday when WrestleMania actually happens next, next Sunday. <laughs> WrestleMania is airing right now, today. <laughs> it's the pre 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 show. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Um, thank you for the entertainment news uh, segment, Dana. Uh, and that Pixar short that you mentioned, I will just say I hope that Wes Anderson is not involved in that project. So let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> All right. Uh, last Josh week. Fly- say what? Is it shots flying? <laughs> yeah, definitely that. Uh, so last week uh, we spoke about Sea of Thieves. I want to give a shout out to Rufus Kid in the chat because I know he said that that is one of his uh, one of the best Xbox games he's ever played on his Xbox One. So maybe he needs to play other games, but uh, just my opinion. But yeah, Sea of Thieves. Uh, we received news this week. Microsoft stated that it is the fastest selling first party new IP so far this generation. Now, I have some things to say on this, but I'm going to actually get uh, you guys' opinions first. So, so Dana, uh, what are your thoughts on this? You know, does this news, are you happy to hear that Sea of Thieves is doing well? And does this make you want to play Sea of Thieves? And I'm excited. I just can't hide it. Oh my gosh! Um, no, um, good for those and 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 that news people. Um, no, it doesn't really make me that excited. The the game itself, you know, I understand why people like the game, and I'm not I'm not gonna knock anyone for liking the game. It's just not for me. So I'm very happy that you know it's been very successful and and people are gravitating towards it. I just feel dead about it, but yay. Yeah, uh, so let me say what I want to say on it real quick, and then I'm going to go to Mr. Lugo and uh, Gary. So first and foremost, let's talk about the positives. I mean, I'm glad that it is being received well because Rare, you know, for so long they weren't, I don't really feel they were able to work on the stuff that they wanted to work on. So now Microsoft allowing them to work on this this type of game is is good for them. You know, if, if it's anything that will help them, benefit moving forward that's great now with that said we need to address some of the negative things now one of the things i noticed about sea of thieves and something i keep hearing is that it doesn't really have a ton of content and it does get repetitive after a while now i can't say uh that i can confirm any of this because i haven't played the game yet uh i would hope to play it and try it out this week but you know i don't really know yet it depends on how my schedule goes but uh i will say this the news about it being the fastest selling first party new IP this generation 
Well, I don't really know. I mean, first and foremost, this is a game that is also on PC. So that obviously helped with a lot of the sales because a lot of the games they had before, like Sunset Overdrive, that was only on the Xbox One. It wasn't on, ever on PC. So uh, I think that definitely helped out. Uh, secondly, you know, fastest selling. Well, I like to ask Microsoft, what other exclusive has been out this year for Microsoft? I think that is an obvious thing that... I didn't really understand. I don't really think people are understanding. You know, there are no Xbox exclusives at the moment. Now, State of Decay 2 is coming out in May. And I personally think that game is going to do even better because, number one, it's half the price. It's only $30. Uh, it's a zombie game. People love zombies. So I think that that's going to do a lot better than Sea of Thieves. Uh, and it's also going to be on games, Game Pass also. So a couple of those factors, I think, will play a role. But in terms of it being the fastest selling IP, Microsoft did not have a, a, a lot of good exclusives last year. And this year, we this is the first game that they're releasing that is an exclusive. So I'm not really surprised that it's doing well. I mean, I think people who have an Xbox want to play games. You know, maybe they all don't want to play exclusives, but I'm not really surprised that this did well. I mean, I'm glad it's doing well. Hopefully... This is something that Microsoft can use as motivation to make more more exclusives in the future. And obviously, E3 is going to be very big for them, so that's great. But uh, as for the news of it being fast and selling, not too surprising, in my opinion. But that is just well, my opinion. Well, go ahead. I feel that, you know, and forgive me for being overdramatical, but... Um... Xbox players are starving for something that's exclusive, and when they finally get something, you know, they're gonna run to it and clamor to it, and and of course buy it out. So we'll see how long it lasts, and we'll see. You know, I'm pretty sure there will be other games, hopefully, that overtake that spot. But I just think that it just has to do with starvation. People need something that is exclusive, something to play, and you know, they just need anything right now. So. For the moment, you got that. I agree. I agree. And, and, and again, because this is a service-based game, it, it really is up to Rare to be... They're going to be the ones that determine how successful this is going to be moving forward because they're going to have to release a lot of updates. They're going to have to continue to do things to support the community, which I think they can do. But again, I mean, we'll see if this is a game that people are still talking about at the end of the year because, again... Like I said, they still have State of Decay 2 coming. Microsoft does. Uh, we have Crackdown 3 supposedly coming. I mean, I don't know because we ain't heard nothing about this game since the year started. So we'll see about that. But uh, for now, I say yes. I'm glad it's doing well. But am I surprised it's doing well? Absolutely not. But again, just my opinion, you know. So if anybody wants to come after me, you can come directly after me. Don't attack anyone else on this panel. Uh, so how about you, Mr. Lugo? Uh, what do you think about this news? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I mean, I kind of defer to a lot of Max's thoughts and it's kind of been the unanimous, like, you know, agreed upon opinion about CFPs that doesn't really have a lot of, a uh, lot of content right now. So it's kind of funny, you know, hearing that it's the, fr it's the fastest selling first party new IP of this generation, but keep in mind, like game pass, was part of that like that there was a whole bunch of other factors that led to that and i think a lot of people were more they, they were probably still excited about cfds but they were also kind of curious about game pass you know at least seeing how that would work at least for some people so for me personally again i haven't gone to play it yet or had enough time 
you know, spent with it as much as a lot of other people have, but I'm kind of deferring to their opinion. It seems like people are generally unhappy with it. So it's kind of funny to hear that it's the fastest selling IP. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And how about you, Gary? I mean, you have a PC, so you can actually pick up this game. So now that you've heard this news, does this make you want to pick up the game? Uh, based on everything Max said, I am not interested at all. Um, if they if they do add more content to it and um, you know enhance the experience a little bit, then I'll start to consider it. But uh, yeah, as it is now, I'm not too interested. And because of a lot of the things Max talked about last week, it, you know, it's great to hear that the, the game has had good sales and everything. But I think that's going to be very short lived. You know, once people do find out how shallow it is. And like you guys said, I think just the fact that there hasn't really been that much. Um, obviously, there was PUBG recently, but, uh, you know, it, it's like those are the two most recent games that have come out for a very long time as exclusives for, for the Xbox One. So I think that has a lot to do with the sales. If this was released alongside, you know, some of the big Xbox blockbusters like Halo or Gears or something of that nature, I doubt it would have gotten that many sales. Um, but, you know, because it is a drought at the moment, I think, you know, that definitely had uh, some reasoning as to why it was selling. Um, I do want to say, though, that it seems like every time an Xbox exclusive comes out now, they say that it's the fastest selling. Like, is that just me? Or does that actually happen? Because I feel like that's that's like a common trend now. But, um, you, you know, I um I have to go back and check that because I I mean I know that they say it's selling well. I don't know if they say fastest selling, um, you know specifically, but yeah, they, they always will say talk positively of these exclusives when they come out. Um, and and in some cases it is believable. Like you know, I know Gears of War for. A lot of people picked that up, and a lot of people obviously picked up Halo 5, and those are two of the flagship franchises for Microsoft, so yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know what they said of uh, Sunset Overdrive, um, and maybe not much because I don't know if the game did well. You know, it never came to PC, so I, I mean, I, I have no idea what, what the story is with that, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I think, um, you know, obviously once State of Decay releases and then we know when Crackdown 3 is coming out, I think after all of that, we're, you know, Xbox owners are going to be in for a treat. I think at E3, they're going to have a huge blowout. They're going to, you know, let loose about a lot of stuff that's coming in the future. And I think it's going to be stuff that gets people excited. Like, you know, I think last week we were talking about Fable. I think that might be, you know, a big thing. That comes back and everything um and um yeah w was uh metro is was metro going to be time exclusive i can't remember or is it multi-platform that, that that's multi-platform okay. um i know a uh, horizon uh forza horizon uh i'm about 100 percent sure we're going to get a Hori forza horizon 4 uh, this fall um oh, yeah. of course yeah, because the timing adds up perfectly for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, yeah. And, of course, you know, Halo was something where we know that they're definitely going to tease that. I don't know how soon it's coming out, but that's something that everybody I know is 
they're yeah. waiting for for that. So, but yeah, my hope my hope is that they've invested in a lot of new IPs for the system, and um, I hope they show some excellent stuff at E3. Yeah, I hope so. Also, I mean, because that's what this is all about. You know, I, I believe that Phil Spencer understands that they definitely got to do a better job with that. You know, so we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Of course, they're going to get out these last couple games, Crackdown. Like you, like you mentioned, Crackdown and, uh, you know, State of Decay 2. But uh, after that, I'll be very curious to see what they have planned. Now, as far as this year is concerned, I don't think they have anything major dropping this year. You know, Halo 6, when they announce it, they very well could say it's going to come out this year. But for some reason, I, I think, you know, next year and after, that'll be when you can look forward to more, you know, bigger, better stuff. But, I mean, we'll see. I don't really know what their plans are, but... Yeah, new IPs are desperately needed, um, in my personal opinion. So we'll see what happens. But uh, any final thoughts before we move on to our main topic for today? Okay, so finally, the main topic in the main discussion for today uh, this is this will be a very interesting discussion because we've spoken about EA in the past, uh, but obviously now there is more news regarding EA and Star Wars. And the, basically the new news is that EA is currently working on an open world Star Wars game that is going to have uh, online features. Now, if you haven't watched the other episodes in the past... We spoke about EA and in, in, in particular Star Wars Battlefront 2 and all of the issues they went through with that regarding the microtransactions that are now going to be coming back into the game. So I basically wanted to ask the question, now that uh, we know that EA is working on an open world uh, Star Wars game, does that make any of you excited? And are you interested in potentially checking it out once you find out more information about it? So that's a question that I want to pose to you guys. And Gary, how about you answer this question first? Yeah, um, I'm I'm always interested in the potential of, you know, like a, a narrative driven Star Wars game because I love um, Knights of the Old Republic. So anything along those lines in terms of, you know, storytelling and uh, character development, leveling up, and things of that nature. I'm, you know, I'm 100% there in that sense. Um, obviously, it's going to be online, um, you know, but, but the fact that they say open world, it it kind of uh, makes me think of something like Monster Hunter World, where I'm hoping it's going to be, you know, a connected experience, but you also have your own progression, your own character. Um, something of that nature. So I hope that's the route they go, making it like an RPG, MMO hybrid kind of thing. Um, I think that would be a great way to tell, uh, you know, a story within the, the Star Wars universe. Um, so I'm open to hearing more about it um, in the future. I just hope that EA is able to deliver something, you know, of quality because we all saw what happened with Battlefront 2. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they don't repeat that process again with this yeah i mean i i i agree i agree uh, i i i have to believe that they have learned something 
from the way they handled Battlefront 2, but I guess, you know, time will tell. I mean, like I said, I haven't played Battlefront 2. I know that they were putting the microtransactions back into the game, so I haven't really seen how it was before or after yet. Um, but uh, I would like to think that they have learned something from going through all of that, and because it was such a huge story all over, you know, but we'll have to see for that, you know. It also makes me very curious to know what's going on with Amy Henning, whether or not she's a part of this particular project since they killed the other Star Wars game that she was working on. But all of these questions, no one knows any answers to yet because we don't know any information yet. So I would assume that when we go to E3 in June, there may be some information about this game, maybe a teaser of some sorts. I have no idea, though, but we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Dana, do you have any thoughts on, on any of this stuff? Um, I think that is interesting. I don't think that they, they, they're, you know, that whole situation that happened with Battlefront 2, like I said before, it didn't technically stop people from buying it. So because people didn't, you know, voice out with their wallets, they just, you know, like, oh my God, that's so sad, but they still kept buying it. And we're not going to see much changes in terms of the whole microtransactions. Um, I am slightly excited for it. Um, the game it will be available across multiple platforms, and it will, of course, it's going to have multiplayer. And that they are looking for a online engineer position over at EA's Vancouver. Um, so they want someone who has experience implementing online features such as matchmaking, incrustinious um, interactions, live services, server server host host migration. And while there isn't any information about the game itself, because obviously it's still in development, I am slightly excited to see what's going to happen. And I just hope that they don't bombard us with the micro transactions to the point where the game is kind of like, you know, unplayable or you have to work extremely extra hard in order to get around that whole transaction part. But I'm slightly excited for it. We'll see what happens. The thing that I feel is that the term open world now is just being used so loosely. Um, but I hope that it works out. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say excited, but my interest has peaked. Interesting. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, how about you, Mr. Lugo? Uh, any thoughts on this game? I'm curious to see like what exactly this is. I mean, we don't really have much other details other than the fact that it's an open world, right? I mean, this could be anything. This could be stuff from, or at least, you know, the remnants of the Amy Hannon game. This could also be maybe stuff alluded to 1313, or at least some elements borrowed to it. We just don't have enough info right now. I'll tell you at the moment, though, uh, I don't believe it's going to have a lot of the stuff of what they did with uh, Battlefront 2. As much as, uh, you know, EA would like to kind of like, you know, borrow elements from that and kind of implement it into this. I think there was enough backlash, you know, as far as the coverage and the conversation around it with the microtransactions and the way that game was overall handled. I, I think that EA does something a little bit different, even though they're still trying, you know, to capitalize on making it profitable and stuff. Uh, I'm curious to also know if this is going to be related to the new trilogy stuff, you know, more of the modern Star Wars from Force Awakens and Last Jedi, as opposed to taking on stuff from the classic Star Wars or the prequel era Star Wars stuff. Uh, again, we just don't have any more info. And hopefully by E3 this year, we get a little bit more details or at least an announcement, a formal announcement of what exactly it is during the EA conference and EA play. 
I agree. I agree. Uh, as so, I wanted to add, as someone that has covered both battlefronts right now at this point and has seen how Star Wars and EA's hands has been handled, you know, in the more modern consoles with PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, uh, I'm curious to also know if they go back to any other older IPs. You know, stuff that, you know, maybe Knights of the Old Republic or maybe borrowing uh, some other stuff. Because if it's open world, that can mean any number of things. It could be a third person action game. It could be a flight game. It can be an, uh, an MMO. It could be an RPG, you know, just a Western RPG. It could be anything. It's just there's no clarification there. And I don't think we're going to get it until before E3. I agree. I agree. Uh, I would love to see a, uh, you know, some of those other games come back. Uh, if that's what they decide to do, uh, we'll have to wait and see. One question I did want to ask, the final question I did want to ask is, um, we also know that Respawn is working on a Star Wars game. Do you guys think this is in any way related to that, or is this something completely different? Maybe this is it, because do we even know who's working on this game? Did they even say? They they, they, did, they didn't say. So then, obviously, I mean, that, that'd be the best uh, kind of, an, an, uh, what is it, best guess right now. To, to, to at least you know come up with at least an idea of what this might be i mean respawn is known for making fps's correct mm-hmm. at this point because with titanfall so i wouldn't be surprised if maybe this is something similar to that just involving maybe the first order or maybe some sort of era of star wars that's going to involve vehicles because titanfall was all about your mech and obviously the star wars universe has a lot of vehicles including stuff like with the walkers with the different ships and stuff that's what at least i would expect from them given their background you know relation to the ip you know just to come up with the best guess scenario uh as far as anything else i still you know think that we're just going to get full clarification this year at e3 i agree i agree hopefully uh you know we'll actually see a trailer i don't want to see this in development you know currently in development i think that's exactly exactly what you're gonna get that's what you (laughs) should expect right now because they did it with both battlefront games you know if we're talking strictly just star wars and ea has a habit of doing that they didn't really do it as much last year from what i remember when we were there at the conference but i I, i'd still give them the benefit of the doubt or at least i I, correction i wouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt i would actually say that that's exactly what they're going to do at least tease us with something this year at their conference and maybe not even give full details about it which would suck but it would make sense given that battlefront 2 was not too long ago yeah you know i i recall when we was at that e3 where everything was a concept of something that is coming I know Gary said that that was the E3 he enjoyed the most as far as the EA conferences. So um, he'll he'll, he'll definitely enjoy it this year if that's the same format. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing, though. If EA was smart, they would get away from whatever Battlefront 2 or or anything Battlefront related. Because obviously it's a different team, different developer, you know, under EA doing this stuff. But anything that was related or associated with Battlefront at this point, I think you step away from it. You step away from it, you do something completely different because then you still have faith from people and also from Disney uh, using the license to make games on Star Wars. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I, I will agree with that, like, fully. And if the game is just as JJ described and it's like, you know, sort of like Titanfall, if it's another first-person game, I'm immediately going to be less interested, to be honest with you, because... <laughs> There's still good first-person shooters, though, that we have from Star Wars. Because keep in mind, we had the Republic Commando games. And the Republic Commando games weren't bad. I mean, they weren't great games. Or wasn't a great game. But it was still interesting enough as an FPS experience. But at least at this point, I would rather them, or at least EA, invest in something for the Star Wars license that wasn't an FPS. Or a third-person shooter at this point. And get away from completely from Battlefront altogether. Yeah, like, 
give everybody what they want. Everybody wants a strong narrative driven Star Wars game with, you know, a third person point of view. And perhaps you can make your own character or, or at least customize the main character, you know, like people want something narrative driven in the Star Wars universe. So just give us what we want. Absolutely. That's my argument. I, I, I still say that Disney or, or at least EA, someone over there needs to go to somebody and make a flight game and make a new Rogue Squadron game or at least a new reimagining of the Rogue Squadron or TIE Fighter series because I still feel like that name and that uh, franchise has a lot of weight and we haven't seen something like that in quite a while. And given the technology that we have right now, especially with PlayStation VR and a couple other devices, that now seems like a prime time to do something like that and at least have it be successful because it's different and it's still using something familiar with the star wars ip but that's just me and that's just myself i don't think you could really you know unless they they're really clever about it i don't think you could really get a open world game like that because to me open world game either says rpg or third person action game that that's the first thing that really you know says you know kind of speaks volumes to me about that when i first hear those words but if it's coming but if it's respawns game i'm banking out it's a fps absolutely Yep, I agree. So uh, we'll see what uh, all this news. Uh, I mean, we'll get all this confirmational news. I'm assuming at E3 in a couple of months. But uh, very interesting to say the least. <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, get ready to wrap up today's show? All right. So that concludes. Our uh, episode of the co-op for this week Again, we, we uh, wanted to do a quick show You know, it is Easter uh, I know some of us have plans We have uh, family that will be around So we definitely still did want to give you guys a show though And I did want to give a shout out to Mr. Max Muller You know, he actually is with family today But he recently purchased the PlayStation 4 So I look forward to hearing his thoughts on the system And the games he's playing next week for, for certain But um that does conclude our show for today. Uh, Dana, do you have any final shout-outs that you would like to give? Shout-outs to everyone listening and everyone in the chat, and also shout-outs to the new LEGO Incredibles game that's coming out uh, June 15th. <laughs> that's going to be a great game. I saw the trailer. should be fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Mr. Lugo, any shout-outs that you would like to give? Uh, yeah, just shout out to the viewers. Shout out to all the Patreon supporters that have been supporting us on Patreon. Shout out to everybody that's been checking out all the reviews and all the extra content, the videos, the the, the op-eds and the podcasts on the website. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, shout out to everybody leaving comments on the YouTube videos, on all the various different videos we've been posting up, the unboxings, the gameplay commentaries, the podcasts and the interviews and everything else that we've had. Uh, shout out also to Jared Petty. Uh, for joining me on the TK Spotlight not too long ago. Really appreciate it. Uh, that was a fun episode that we got to do. Hopefully we get more cool guests just like that to join up on the show. Uh, leave us comments, whether it's on this co-op or any of our other videos, on suggestions of guys or people that you guys want to see on the show uh, as we do different stuff like that. And again, shout out to everybody else that's in the live chat right now. We really appreciate you, so thanks a ton. And also shout out to everybody that I'm probably going to see at PAX East this weekend. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I'm flying out on Thursday. I'm going to be there the entire show uh, all the way through Sunday, coming back on Monday. Should be pretty fun. I got a lot of stuff I'm going to be seeing. Hopefully a lot of stuff I'm going to be bringing to you guys. It's going to be pretty cool. Absolutely. 
Okay, I like to give some shout outs as well. I want to give a shout out to all the fans that are listening, uh, that do all, as well as support us on Patreon. You know, we appreciate the continued support and we do have quite a few more things coming to you guys, uh, this month. So stay tuned. I want to give a shout out to you, Mr. Lugo, because yeah, you know, you are going to be going to PAX East next week. So we hope that you have a safe trip and a fun time out there as well as you have done an excellent job with the interview, so I would encourage everybody to check out the Jared Petty interview, uh, as well as the unboxings, all the video content that uh, that he's been doing on our YouTube. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Dana, because Dana also had a lot of very, very great interviews that went up this week around A Quiet Place, you know, so I, as I said before, I won't be seeing the movie until Wednesday. But I already know the movie is excellent because she gave it her seal of approval. So I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I definitely would encourage you to check out the interviews. If you are interested in the film, man, you never know. That may sell you on the film. So, yeah, excellent job. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Ubisoft, uh, you know, allowing us to review Far Cry 5. Uh, I had a great time with the game. I'm still playing it. And I also want to give a final shout out to Funcom as well, because I actually wrote a preview for Conan Exiles the other day. Uh, they've been sharing that preview around and, you know, a lot of people have told me they like the preview. They like in that as well as the other game that they announced uh, and actually showed gameplay for last week, uh, Mutant Year Zero. So definitely check out both of those games and yeah, thank them again for their continuous support uh, as far as sharing the uh, previews around. So, uh, Gary, uh, the floor is now yours for uh, shout-outs. Yep, so let me get to these Patreon shout-outs. So, big shout-outs to M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel. A big shout-outs to all of those guys. Thanks for all of your support. And like Rich said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some stuff coming later this month for the Patreon supporters. Um, so be on the lookout for that uh, I definitely want to shout out to those who joined us in the chat today uh, Wesley, Ruthless Kid um, and I think somebody else was in there earlier I can't remember the name but thanks for, for interacting with us live everyone uh, we appreciate it we know that it's Easter Sunday so you know everybody's kind of doing their own thing with their families and everything so we appreciate you guys you know watching the show with us live and everything um, and big shouts to everyone at the coalition, especially everybody on the show right here today for all the good work and shouts to the throwdown. I know Richard was on the last episode and that was a very entertaining episode that I listened to at work. So yeah, big shouts to everyone at the coalition. Absolutely. Thank you all for the continued support and we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>